Welcome back to the Father's House. We're so glad you're here. It's such a joy to join with you each and every week as we study God's Word and come together in worship. We know you're joining us online, but we do want to remind you as we continue through our commission series, we're also back in the house. Yep, no longer in the parking lot anymore, at least for now we are enjoying being inside. And so if you care to join us, you feel safe enough to do so, you can join us at 9 or 11 right here at the Father's House. But no matter how you're joining us, we just want to thank you for supporting the ministry that's going on here at the Father's house and there's a couple ways that you guys have been doing that either by sending it in or downloading the app or texting TFHSD to 77977 however it is that you're giving we want to thank you for doing so because we couldn't do this without the cooperation of each and every one of you and helping us to get the word out as far as God wants to take it So before we jump into today's message, as we continue to study the Great Commission, we're going to lift our voices to the Lord. Mark Good's going to lead us in some worship, and then I'll be right back. No other God can be called a father no other god can be called a friend no other god can be called redeemer no other god's coming back again and how we
listen to the rain of grace. We love the fragrance of your holy name. You came and brought us into the rain of grace. Yeah. You know, whether it's online or in person, I'm so glad that you've joined us in the Word and in worship. And and it's always interesting because God will a lot of times confirm what it is I'm feeling He wants me to speak on. And sometimes He does it through something like Facebook. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to be triple A Christians, certified triple A Christians in a day when it's hard to understand or even know where we should put our identity or our security. I'm hoping that by the end of our time together, we're going to know exactly who God has made us to be in him. As we study the Great Commission, we understand that water baptism is actually a big part of it. And Facebook showed me this precious memory from many years ago, six years ago, from when my thirdborn, Ben, was only seven years old. You see, he wanted to get baptized, and we were still living in Kona and pastoring there at that time. Took him into the waters, and the break there at uh, at Old A's was was kind of rough, and so I had to time the baptism so that when I brought him down, he wasn't getting washed away or, or bowled over. And so I, I took him down, baptized him, and then as soon as I, I noticed a wave coming, I lifted him up and kind of protected him as the wave crashed against me, but didn't hit him. And and someone else had asked him after he got out of the water that day. They said. Well, how was that for you, Ben? And, and Ben said, when I came out of the water, I had my hands raised and then dad lifted me up and I felt something. I feel closer to God. That's, that's my seven-year-old, man. I get a little weepy. I apologize. But uh, that's obviously a precious moment for a dad. And it reminds us that water baptism is not just some kind of religious exercise. 
And even if you've been going to church for a long time and you're like, I know all about water baptism, let's revisit its importance because it's pretty central to us accomplishing the Great Commission, as we can see here in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. As Jesus spoke to his disciples on the Mount of Olives before his ascension, he came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And what are we supposed to do as we make disciples? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I love that Facebook reminds me because I'm a picture guy. And when I see a picture, it brings up all the emotions of, of maybe something that I had forgotten. And I love that God gives us a picture of the Great Commission within water baptism. That he shows us the community of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're baptized as a community, in front of a community, to reach a community. Through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, we can't actually do this without each other. And the picture of water baptism reminds us that there's no halfway with this. We have to be fully committed to the Lord, making our public confession of faith to each other within the community to be a witness to the community around us. You see, the word for baptism comes from a transliteration of the Greek word baptizo, which means full immersion. So it's not like a little sprinkle, like fully under and fully out. And we understand the significance of that, of course, scripturally, that we die to our sin. We come alive and resurrected with Christ. It also is symbolic of the fact that you and I can't just kind of dip our toe into Christianity. We've got to be all in, fully immersed into what it is that God is wanting to do. It's so important, in fact, to our Christian faith that Jesus even gets water baptized. He models for us the importance of it. As John 13, 15 reminds us, it says that we are to follow in his steps. So I want us to take a look today at the steps that Jesus took in his water baptism and understand how important it is for us. It's important that we understand that even as we just had six people at a, here at the Father's house just recently get water baptized, it's important that each of us understand this is not just, you know, some kind of a religious experience. We're following in the footsteps of Jesus. This is part of us walking out the Great Commission, not just having people attend but actually seeing people transformed and declaring that transformation in the community around them. And in fact, I want to invite you, maybe save the date. It's a couple months from now, but November 15th, this is going to be our last water baptism of 2020. And we're going to have it after both the 9 and 11. We're going to get a brand new pool. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do it right here in between uh, services. And maybe you were baptized as a kid, but you didn't really know what was going on. Or maybe it's been a long time and you feel like this is a fresh season for you to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. I would like you to consider getting water baptized here at the Father's house. And let's look at how important this was to Jesus because everything that Jesus receives during his water baptism as we follow in his steps, we can expect to receive for ourselves. Now look at this. In Matthew 3 verse 13 it says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, whoa, 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 I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? I mean, his objection was founded. 
He had just right before this seen Jesus coming and declared, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. John understood his place. John wasn't taking anyone's sin. Jesus was the only one that could do that. The reason for baptism was to acknowledge that we have sin that we need to be cleansed from. So he's like, I can't baptize you. But Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now, he doesn't really explain that, but we understand, of course, that Jesus was fulfilling scripture and was also becoming a model for the rest of us to follow in his footsteps. And then I love this phrase, then John consented. I love that. I hope that you and I can do that today. Because because John consented, even though it didn't necessarily make sense, he got a front row seat to one of the most powerful moments in all of scripture. Consenting involves obedience. Now we're going to talk more about obedience as a core tenet of the Great Commission next week in next week's message. But Jesus said it. He did it, even though he didn't understand it. That's obedience. And when we obey God, even when it doesn't make sense, we can receive his blessing. Now look what happens. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. What a powerful moment. And I want to spend the next few minutes together breaking down that what happened for Jesus in that moment will happen for you and I as well. This is what it means to be a AAA certified Christian. First of all, that we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, it was an anointing or an empowering for Jesus. Up to this point, Jesus hadn't done any public ministry. After this point, he steps into the fullness of public ministry. Demons are, are, are fleeing. Uh, loaves and fishes are being multiplied. Blind eyes are being opened. Before the anointing, nothing. After the anointing, everything. He was empowered for ministry in this moment of obedience. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit for Jesus is the same anointing you and I have. We are followers of God. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is in you and I. Now, look at this. In in 2 Corinthians one twenty one, and I like how the Amplified Version brings it out. It says, now it is God the Father, who establishes and confirms us in joint fellowship with you in Christ and who has anointed us, empowering us with the gifts of the Spirit. Again, here is the the work of the commission, the great commission in one verse. We've got the community of the Trinity working through the community of the saints to reach the community around us, empowered for witness to reach everyone that God would bring across our path. We have the same spirit that was in Jesus, which means we can see the same things happen. And here's the good news. You and I don't have to make it happen by our own strength anymore. How exhausting has it been to try and do God's work without God's power, right? We get a lot of religious people that are totally burnt out and fried on the whole God thing because they keep trying to do it by their own strength. Listen, if we couldn't get saved by our own strength, what makes us think we can walk out our salvation by our own strength? God is calling each of us to realize that if we started in the Spirit, birthed in the Spirit, we're going to walk it out by His Spirit. This is our only way through. 
Zechariah 4.6 says it's not by might or by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. You and I have been empowered for unity and purpose. We have been empowered to be able to follow God into the things that were prior to this absolutely impossible for us to pull off. And you know, it's interesting because we're in a world of can't right now, right? 2020 is like the, the, the world of can't, and yet the anointing of the Spirit wants to turn that can't into yes, you can. We're in, in a, a cancel culture where the anointing is shutting doors, and yet the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even though the anointing of the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to open doors for you where everything else is being shut down. I mean, think about it. This is the six-month mark, if you're watching this um, right now, this is the six month mark of when the COVID shutdown happened in California. Do you guys remember life prior to COVID-19 BC before COVID? I found this, I unearthed this ancient picture from 2019. You guys remember way back then? This is a picture of what people used to do back in the day, eating in restaurants, sitting within inches of each other, no masks. Remember those days? Yeah, even that has been canceled, right? Shut down. Uh, our own playgrounds for our kids, they can't even go there anymore. In fact, if 2020 was a playground, this is what it would look like. Boom. Down, right? You, you know, our schools have been closed. Do you guys want to see what my kids are going to look like in their school pictures next year? Right here. This is their school pictures. In fact, they're almost looking like like this now. And I love the fact that in a year when everything is shut down and everyone's saying, no, you can't, God is saying, yes, you can. To illustrate this even more, I had the joy of not too long after, after getting here, meeting a strong woman of God named Andy Satan, who had been called here by God a few months prior to my arrival to start a Young Life outreach to our young adults at our college campuses here. Now, just like with the church, just like with our lives, everything got shut down. All the methods that she'd been trained in and used up to this point, it all got canceled and it all got shut down. And yet when I sat to talk with Andy, God had given her an anointing and a vision that wouldn't stop. And so I just wanted to invite her up to tell us a little bit more about that journey. Thanks Thank for you. joining us here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share with you guys. And yeah. Just even seeing what the Lord is doing um, here in the Father's house. I'm excited. It's yeah. Exciting. And I, I loved it because the journey that God started for you and I um, has just been just a point of confirmation. What For those who may not be familiar, what does Young Life focus on? Yes. So Young Life exists to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's our bread and butter. Young Life College specifically does that through community, adventure, and significance. Mm. We help introduce Jesus to maybe college students who would never step into a church or would never get the opportunity to hear the gospel. We walk with them as they grow in faith, um, and we love them regardless of their response. So we're still friends with them. Young Life is uniquely positioned to enter into communities. We go onto school campuses. We go to where the kids are hanging out. We're at the skate parks. We're at the beaches. Um, and so, like you said, when everything's shut down, everything that we are trained to do, kind of on the surface level, we can't go to where kids are. We right. can't walk up to the stranger yeah. and just become friends with you them. You can't go on the campus. You can't have large group gatherings. All, yeah. all of the methods had to be tossed. Absolutely. But the mission stayed the same. We still introduce young people to Jesus, yeah. and we find 
any way to make that possible. I mean, what's been really cool is that the need for community and connection, adventure and significance has grown. Absolutely. We all need it, especially young people, especially people who are trying to figure out who they are, who are trying to find their place. Um, And so, yes, the way that we got to do that completely changed, but what we do Mm. has not changed. Yeah, and the partnership that as we met, we saw we were going to be able to have together because we couldn't get inside. We couldn't meet inside. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, hey, let's let's find a park, right? Let's yep. let's invite young people to come together and be able to explore it where they're wherever they're at in their spiritual journey in a safe mm-hmm. environment outside. Mm-hmm. And so we had our first Wednesday gathering. Yeah. We're going to do it the first Wednesday of every month in the San Alejo Park. And we saw like almost 50 people come, right? It was amazing. Yes. And so crazy. So like Pastor John said, I have only been here for a year. Um, And in starting a new ministry, something out of nothing can sometimes be (laughs) a little bit challenging. And so we've been really creative in what we're doing. Um, And we followed a ton of people on Instagram. That's what we did. That was our main source of inviting people because we can't be where they're at. They're not going into buildings in the way we used to, so they're not going to see flyers. There was no sort of event fair that we could communicate on campus. Um, So we just invited anyone we could. And we wanted to be in a public space where people walked by they would be invited in. They would hear just even a whisper that something is different about this space and they would feel welcomed in. Yeah, and and you were hitting hitting the target because for a bunch of people to show up that aren't necessarily even connected relationally, but because they're so hungry for community, for strangers to show up to a park with other strangers just to see what might be happening there, that shows that you're hitting the target even more so when Mm. you shared with me a story about that you had, um, you kind of took everybody out for coffee that wanted to be able to connect in a deeper level through some interest groups. Tell us about Mm -hmm. that. Um, So one of my favorite things about Young Life is we're all about relationships. We do great events. We have incredible life-changing camps. We're in it with people through relationship. And so at the event, you would have seen me running from group to group, getting everyone's number. And there was this one group of girls and I don't know if you guys have ever felt that. Something in your gut that says, oh, I, need, I need to go do this yes, thing. And I yes. felt that. I, if I'm honest, there was a moment where I saw that they were pretty disengaged. And I was like, man, I'm just going to go where it's easy. There's people who know me here that are going to be a great conversation. I'm going to feel a little bit better about myself. But I had the sense that I needed to go there. Yeah. So I got all their numbers. Two of them have not responded yet. But one girl said yes. Okay. She said yes to coffee. I mean, so we got coffee last week. Um, And so I asked her what was her favorite part of First Wednesdays. Um, And many of you guys might know Dylan. Dylan shared a part of his story at the end of the night. I mean, he shared about his journey in college Mm. and following Jesus. And she said, I loved that story. Mm. And I was like, not the snacks, not the games. Or the music. Not the music, not like the cool setting. Mm -hmm. She loved the story. Yeah. Um, And I asked her why. And she said he... He, well, I work with college students, so bear with me. He, she was like, he really went from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> that's what she said. That's that, awesome. And that's, I was like, you're right. You're so right. There's something that changed in his life. I mean, later on, after some awkward comments, um, I honestly just said, why did you come to First Wednesday? Mm. Why did you come? Why did you say yes to coffee with me? Um, she had made a couple funny offhand comments. Um, and something changed in that moment. Mm. She paused for a second and she said, Andy, I don't have anyone. And I think what I need is a personal relationship with Jesus. And it was such a humbling moment for me. 
I was hesitant to even reach out to her. I, at a certain point in the conversation, was like, why are you here? And I forgot. But like you said, that anointing, yeah. that there's something that opens up. The Lord had blessed that question after it left my mouth because that's not what she heard. Mm. She heard an invitation. Yes, yeah, she did. Um, and an opportunity to be vulnerable and welcomed in. And that's what we're creating space for. We're going to do it through fun, engaging events. We're going to be safe. We have surfing groups coming together. We have groups that are meeting for coffee. We have groups that are going out and hiking and getting active, walking early in the morning. We're creating space for that moment when there's a sense that they are safe enough to ask the question, what if Jesus, what if God, or there's something missing. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm I'm curious about what you have. Yeah. We're going to do anything we can to create space for that all across North County. It's believed that there's about 60,000 college age people living in North County alone. Um, And we know that number is probably on the smaller end because we know there's a lot of people who are living here um, in unique ways that um, they're not being included in that count. And so our goal really is to introduce Jesus to every single one of those college students. Um, and it starts with one-on-one conversations like that, yeah. a coffee date or it, an event like It really does. Here. And the confidence that you've had to say, even though the formats and the forms and the methods have all changed, the anointing hasn't. Mm. The same anointing that was on mm. you when you came here with the original plan, mm. that's the same anointing you're walking with now. Mm. And that each and every one of you that are listening to it, you actually have mm-hmm. the same anointing that she has to over the cu- a cup of coffee mm-hmm. to be able to actually initiate a transformational moment. Mm. that's the spirit of God inside of you. Mm. So obviously the father's house, we're going to continue to partner uh, with mm. you in reaching our, our young adults in this area. What's some other ways that people can support what it is you're doing? Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier and pastor John said, we are just starting up and what normally is kind of a 12 month on ramp. We have a six month unique thing that's never happened in history. So our kind of on ramp into establishing ministry is still going on. So we are looking for people to partner with us financially to support the ministry. We have some year end goals that we're reaching towards. Um, And I am looking for people who are willing to sit down for coffee with a student. I'm looking for people who are willing to go beyond their fear. I will tell you, there's nothing unique about me other than maybe I'm a little bit too naive to say no. I just say yes. (laughs) Um, So I'm inviting you guys to say yes, whether it's helping behind the scenes or meeting with a student or helping create space, whether you have a property or a home that you feel comfortable welcoming um, students into spaces where we can gather um, and be. So three things uh, to support financially, um, maybe to partner in as a volunteer, um, or to provide space or resources where we can continue to grow. What's a good way to connect with you? Yes, I will actually be um, around the Father's house pretty often, so I'd love to meet you in person when it is safe to do so for you. But you can also email us at YLCNorthCounty. That's YLC North County, um, or you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at YL North County as well, and that's where we're going to get all of the information through. You also can reach out to the church, and they have my contact info, my phone number, and things like that. We can get connected. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much, Andy, for just being this example for us of exactly what it is we're talking about. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, and I do want to invite you all, um, yes. even if you aren't a young adult, maybe you are really intrigued by this, I would invite you guys to come out on October 7th. We're going to be back in San Alejo at the Fountain. Um, This is a really cool space. I met with students afterwards and young adults who came who have a relationship with Jesus and felt so refreshed. 
this is what they needed, a reminder that there are other people in it with them. Um, And this is also a great place if you have a friend who maybe you don't feel would really be comfortable going to church quite yet, this is a great stepping stone. So we are going to be blasting this all over social media. We're going to be inviting friends and we would invite you to do the same. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And so that our, for our community builder discussion question at our house churches this week, I want you guys to follow through on that idea that Andy was just talking to us about. What has the Holy Spirit empowered you to do that seemed impossible before? How does he want to turn your you can't into you can? Because the same Holy Spirit in her, the same Holy Spirit in Jesus, it's the same Holy Spirit in you and those in your house church. What does God want to do through you in the year of 2020, everything shutting down, and God saying, no, I'm just getting started. Open up to the possibility of what the anointing of the Holy Spirit can do through you. So Jesus received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Second, he received the approval of the Father. When the Father spoke out of heaven and he said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I love him. It would be like in my vernacular, Hey everybody, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my son. Stop what you're doing. Look at him. I'm so proud of him. Now here's what's so amazing about that, just outside of the Father's love being so clearly expressed to his Son. The other thing that's amazing about that is that Jesus, how many miracles had he done up to this point? Zip, zilch, nothing, nada. He hadn't um, healed anybody. He hadn't cast out any demons. He hadn't uh, opened any blind eyes. He hadn't multiplied any food, nothing. And yet his father is saying to him, I'm so proud of him. Now this is really hard for us to get in our results-oriented culture. That approval of the father can't be earned. It's just received. There's many of us who've grown up or maybe even our earthly fathers taught us very clearly or bosses that we've worked for, even spouses, that if you want approval, if you want acceptance, if you want affection, if you want promotion, if you want attention, you have to earn it, right? Isn't isn't that our culture? Right? You have to earn it. And yet in the kingdom of God, it's an entirely different thing. And when Jesus hears his father saying, I'm so proud of him, he wants you to know he feels the same about you. I'm so proud of you, son. I'm so proud of you, daughter. And I know that the moment that I say that, for wherever it is that you're watching this, this thing comes into your mind going, no, 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 you can't be proud of me. Uh, you, you don't even know what it is that I, I just said earlier today. You don't even know what's going through my thoughts right now. He, he can't be proud of me. And I'm telling you that he can because it has nothing to do with what you do. And it has everything to do with the fact that you belong to him. You see, this is not look what I've done. It's look at what Jesus has done. Romans 5, 8 says, but God clearly shows and proves his own love for us. This is God the Father. By the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He proved his love so you can receive his approval. You don't have to prove a thing. Let that sink in. 
We get to walk in the fullness of his love, which changes everything. It means we're no longer doing good because we have to, to earn our way into heaven. We're doing good because we want to, because a good God loved me in the middle of my sin and made me his. This is amazing because it's no longer a work-based faith that you and I are in. Most other religions in the world are all you've got to earn your way into whatever their version of eternity is. But Christianity is different. We get in not based on what it is that we've done, but based off what Jesus has done because the Father loves us so very much. This is the difference between our faith and, and every other faith. His love proves we're approved. You see, so many people think that Christianity is about behavior modification. Do good, think good, act good, be good. Goodness comes out of knowing that we are loved. But if it was simply about behavior modification, a class would have sufficed. But it's about complete transformation, which means Christ had to pay the price. He had to die for us. To change us from the inside out. Because again, in the same way where we can't do it by our own strength, but only by the anointing of the Spirit, we can't do it by our own, proving our own worth, our own value, by being good. Maybe it'll work for maybe a week or two. But eventually our default is always going to be back to sin, back to pride, back to control. But if we can receive the love that the Father was clearly expressing to Jesus then you and I can walk in the goodness of God, not to earn it, but because we've received it. It'll change the way we talk to people. It'll change the way we look at ourselves. Uh, our identity, our security all flows from knowing we are loved unconditionally. Wow. And even as I say that, I, I know that there's this lie that I just want to remove right now that says, he can't be proud of me because I've let God down. Maybe at one point you were following the Lord closely, but maybe this year you've fallen away. Maybe this is the first time you've really even watched a message or really kind of come back to church. And God just wants to speak to you this powerful truth. You can't let him down because you were never holding him up in the first place. In fact, he's actually holding you up. And every place where we feel like God has let us down is a place that we need to surrender back to him. It's a place that's keeping us from receiving this unconditional love, the approval of the Father. Again, it's not going to be like the earthly love that you've been used to. Let's follow that all the way through. I remember hearing the, this cute little story. It's a true story of a director of the Transcontinental Railroad's and, uh, and he was showing his three-year-old daughter this picture that, from this book of work on natural history and had pictures of lots of animals. So he pulls his daughter up onto his lap and he's flipping through the pictures and he, and he points to a picture of a zebra and he says, Hey, honey, what is that? And the girl says, Horsey. Oh, good, good, good. So he flips another couple of pictures and said, Hey, honey. What is that? And it was a picture of a tiger. And she goes, Kitty. Oh, you know, every parent's pretty sure their, their kid's the smartest out of everyone, right? So he's like, wow, she's really good. So he flips to another picture of a lion. And, she, and he says, what's this? And she goes, doggy. Eh, close enough. 
She's still really smart. And then she then he flips to the picture of a chimpanzee and he says, "Hey, honey, what's this?" And she goes, "Daddy." <laughs> and I it doesn't say that's the end of that story. It doesn't say what the father did in that moment, but I can tell you what the father did not do. The father didn't take his daughter firmly and lock her in a room and say, you are banished from my presence for calling me a monkey face. No, I promise you he did not do that. In fact, more than likely what happened was he laughed, right? It was a good warm moment between him and his daughter. And I I want you to know that your heavenly father, even more so, isn't going to banish you from his presence because you have gotten it wrong. You have seen him as a maybe a cruel father or, or, or a father based on the experiences that you've had on this earth. Now, you know what the father wants to do right now? He actually wants to scoop you up, put you on his lap, open up the book of his word, and keep looking at the book until you see him the way he sees you as his son or his daughter. Nothing can change that. If you have felt pushed away by God, that wasn't God. It was guilt or it was religion, but it wasn't the approval of the Father. Can you let him do that right now? Can you receive that right now, that his love is reaching you right where you're at? Our community builder discussion question here, and this is such a good one to talk through, though may not be easy. Where do you feel you've let God down? This is a point of transparency, but all of us have felt that to one degree or another, that we've let God down. And that's the very place where after you talk through this, I would encourage you to pray through it. That's the very place he wants to lift you up if you let him. Bring you close and remind you of his love. You and I, we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have the approval of the Father. And finally, we have the authority of Jesus. This is the AAA Christianity. You can feel that in your third blank there, the authority of Jesus. Now, we've just read about this epic moment between Jesus and the rest of the Trinity, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Most of us would like to stop there at chapter (laughs) 3. But chapter 4, the very next thing after this moment, shows us a true picture of why we need to walk and work in the community of the Trinity. Because this is real life. What Jesus had just experienced was going to prepare him for what it is he was about to face. Matthew 4 Verse 1 says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Wait, 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 what? He was led by the Spirit to not a feast, not a party, not a vacation. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. In fact, Jesus is like us. He faced everything that you and I face, same emotions, same physical needs, but without sin. So if you fasted for 40, I'm, I'm telling you, I get hungry in 40 minutes. And he fasted for 40 days. He got very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, he always starts, tries to introduce an if into the scenario of our certainty. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And of course he could have done it, but he was fasting. But Jesus told him, no, 
The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Another translation puts it, I'm hanging on every word my father says. You get this? You catching this? This is a whiplash moment if there ever was one. Jesus has this epic high and now he is facing an epic low. Emotionally, physically spent, everything. And this is usually when the devil comes, right? When we are at our lowest, when we're facing our hardest circumstances. This is when he comes to tempt us and normally when we give in. But again, Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit. So he was empowered to overcome temptation, and you and I are as well. Jesus had the approval of the Father, so he wasn't fasting to earn his Father's love. He was doing this because his Father asked him to, right? And so he was doing this with his Father, and the conversations that he and the Father were having as, they, as he went through the Torah, as he read the Scripture, that was literally the bread or his sustenance that was getting him through these hard times. And then Jesus uses the word of God as his authority. In each of the three temptations in the wilderness, the enemy loses all three times. Three, two, one, knockout. How? The same authority that you and I have, which is the word of God. And it's the only way we're going to make it through a whiplash year like this. You know what whiplash is, right? It's like... um, An abrupt snapping motion, like when you're getting hit by a vehicle. And isn't this 2020? This is the year of whiplash. Everything this year has been, oh, we're moving forward. Don't you remember even how this year started? Yay, 2020, it's going to be the best year ever. We're all looking forward to then. Boom, slamming us from behind. We didn't even see it coming. Was COVID and everything gets shut down. And as a verb, whiplash is used to mean to affect adversely as by sudden change. Doesn't that describe 2020 over and over again? We get the whiplash of, hey, the numbers are going down. Things can open up. Oh, no. Whiplash. Numbers are going up. Things are closing down. Whether we're talking physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, politically, we have all been experiencing whiplash over and over again jesus comes from this high to this low what gets him through the authority of the word of god because god's word is unchanging in the constantly changing world it's why you and i gather here like this it's why we spend time in his word every day it's the only thing that's gonna get us through the whiplash that my god is great even when my circumstances aren't that God's word is more real than what I feel. We just experienced this recently, um, literally. <laughs> uh, we had found out when we came here, we had entered this lottery to go to the uh, public charter school heritage in Escondido, uh, an amazing education, uh, like a private education for free, but there, everybody wants in it. Hundreds of people were ahead of us on the list. And so we just entered our boys in. We just got a call a couple days ago that Ben got accepted. He won the student lottery and was accepted in. And so we got to go through this. And it's one of the only places right now that's actually meeting in person a couple days of the week, which is that in and of itself is a massive answer to prayer. And so we're walking through, we're, we're meeting the teachers, many of which are Christian. And we're just like, oh my goodness, God, this is this is such a miracle. This is such an answer to prayer. Thank you, God. So we were on this massive high, right? 
this massive high. And then God in, 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 in was just encouraging us saying, I tell you, I'm going to make things happen that you cannot happen, make happen yourself. And so I was, I took the twins to go off to Costco and Cindy took Ben to go get some clothes because they have a dress code there. And then not five minutes after this beautiful moment right here, I get a call that no one wants to get. And Ben is barely holding it together on the phone. And he says, dad, we've just been in a car accident. Can you come? And in that moment, I experienced that massive emotional whiplash from that high to that low. And all of this fear just rose up inside. And of course, my first question was, are you guys okay? And thankfully, apart from some actual whiplash, they were okay. And everyone else in the accident was as well. But as you can see from this picture, Cindy was stopping because this car had stopped. But the car behind her didn't stop. She didn't notice. She plowed right in, probably 25 miles an hour, right into the back of Cindy's car, pushing her into the car right in front of them, sandwiching them in between the two. And when I drove up to that place, and my twins were looking at my reaction, of course, my emotions, I was just awash with emotions, anger and frustration and fear. But the first thing that I did as we were driving over here is I said, let's pray, guys. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, thank you, God, for keeping my family safe. Thank you, Lord, for watching them when I couldn't, for protecting them. A car, the, the, you, you can always get another car, but you can't get another person. And it was in that moment where I began to hold on to those promises of the word of God, even in that moment of whiplash, we can't control what other people are going to do around us. Cindy was paying attention, but the person behind her wasn't. We can't control, actually, the outcome of this year. We don't know what's going to happen next. But we don't have to have a roller coaster faith where we're going from high to low, where we trust God and then we doubt God, where we feel close to God and then we feel far from God. We don't have to live that way. Jesus didn't. He went from the baptism and this glorious experience with the Father and the Holy Spirit to the wilderness still with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the approval of the Father and the authority of Jesus was found in knowing the word of God. I can't encourage you more to get into God's word on a daily basis because it's going to help us in the collisions that are no doubt going to continue through 2020 and beyond. That stays the same. That is our place of foundation when everything else is pounding against us. Are you experiencing whiplash right now? I mean, let's just admit it. 2020 has been a pain in the neck, right? It totally has. But what is God wanting to remind you of? What promises do you need to return back to that have not changed even though everything else has? You want to defeat the temptations that you're going to be able to, you're going to be facing this week? Let's do it with the authority of Jesus, which is the word of God. Our community builder discussion question here is, where have you experienced whiplash recently? Invite the certainty of God's word into the uncertainty of that pain. In fact, I want you guys to share a scripture with your family or house church right now that you're holding on to that's getting you through. And I tell you, after that experience, I didn't even want my wife to go uh, to go get back in the car, but I'm not going to live in fear. And I've been holding on to this Psalm in our reading from this past week, Psalm 145, where David writes, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. 
He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all who love him. What's the scripture that you're holding on to right now? That word, that authority of Jesus through the word of God that'll get you through the whiplash moments that have been hitting us left and right. Let's come to the Lord right now. God, we just call upon your name. We thank you, God, that you are more real and your word is more real than what we feel, that your promises are more true, that you're going to bring us through, God, that what we cannot control, even everything else is out of control, you are in control. So right now, God, we just bring you those places of fear, if it's financial, if it's relational, if it's physical, if it's emotional, if it's spiritual, God, we bring you those places right now. And instead of just living clenched up in fear of the next collision and in fear of the next whiplash moment, God, no, we're going to stand on the authority of Jesus. The devil is going to try and tempt us. God is going to try and hit us when we're down. But God, we're going to stand on your word. And your word reminds us today that, yeah, this has been a hard year. But we have everything we need to be overcomers. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have the approval of the Father. And we have the authority of Jesus to be able to walk in the community of the Trinity and reach the community around us. For you, Jesus, this year, we put our trust in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I just want to thank each and every one of you for taking time to be here in this moment. Taking time to pray. Find that verse this week and hold on to it and pray it over every whiplash moment you might be facing this week. God has so much in store for us. And you're AAA certified. So we can face anything that comes. Because we're facing it with him and with each other to bring hope to the world around us. Thank you for being here. Thanks for your time. I can't wait to see you next week. If this has been valuable to you, share this video on your page. Send an email link to others who could use a reminder on what it means to walk in the community of faith. God bless.